Can you imagine if there wasn't even a second of wasted time in your day, ever? Welcome to this episode of the Bites of Judaism podcast with Rabbi Yisrael Glick, helping you unlock your best life, know your why, and be everything you were born to be. This podcast has been made possible by Mr. and Mrs. David and Malki Smetana. If you'd like to dedicate a future episode of the podcast, send an email to podcast at rabbiglick.com. Let's get down to business. We are all busy today. We're busier than people have ever been in the history of the universe. We're all spread thin. We all wish we had more time in the day. And time is our number one least renewable resource. Once a moment of time has passed, it's not coming back. It can never be recovered. It can never be replaced. And we'd all love to eliminate. We all have wasted time in our lives. And we'd all love to eliminate wasted time. We'd all love to be able to live a life in which we don't waste any time, in which no time is wasted. Which means in which uh, living a life in which all our time is spent constructively making something happen that we want to be making happen. Ultimately, that's what it means. Or doing something that we enjoy. And there are going to be a number of practical steps, very simple, basic practical steps to eliminating probably a lot of the waste in our lives. Um, It's going to start with identifying which activities, which pursuits, which projects, whatever it is. What are the things that we are doing? What are the things that are taking up time in our lives that we don't really want to be doing or that are not constructive, that are not leading towards something that we're interested in? That's step number one. The step number one to eliminating waste is to identify the waste. We've got to identify what are the things in our lives, the things that we're spending time on that we would better not be spending time on, that are wasting our time. And to do this properly, we need to be pretty brutal. You know, a brutal self-assessment of how we're spending our time, what could and should we eliminate if we want to stop wasting time. And then once we've identified where and how we're wasting time. The next step then is obviously going to be to strategize how we can can eliminate these time-wasting activities from our schedules, from our lives, how we can stop doing these things which are wasting a lot of our time. And, you know, there are a lot of places where you can find resources about this, psychology resources, productivity resources, but... We all know that that's not what this podcast is about. This is not a psychology podcast. It's not a productivity podcast. And additionally, there's going to be more that we need if we want to eliminate all waste from our lives. Because what this process of identifying avoidable, and that's going to be a key word here, avoidable waste, and then eliminating it is that that is going to help us with the things that waste our time that are avoidable, that we can stop doing. But we all have things in our lives that we don't have the option to stop doing, things that are obligatory, things that we can't eliminate because they're necessary parts of our lives, but they're not contributing towards the goals that we want to be achieving. We don't enjoy them. You know, let's call them regrettable necessities. They're things that we wish we didn't have to do and we wouldn't have to do. And Maybe technically that, you know, 
we can't avoid them. They're not waste because they avoid bigger issues or problems or whatever it is, but they're not things we really want to be doing and they're not generating or achieving any outcomes or anything that we want. And these things can really feel like a waste and we can't eliminate them. So if we have things in our lives that are, let's call it wasting our time, that we can't eliminate, how is it going to be possible to eliminate all the waste in our lives so that we never feel like we're wasting a second of our time ever? Right. And that was that was the commitment of this episode of the podcast is achieving a life, the ability, the real possibility of achieving a life in which you never have a second of wasted time ever. So what I want to get to now is a real practical approach to not having anything in your life that isn't immediately constructive and productive. Nothing in your life that ever feels like it's a waste, ever. Every part of your life, every moment, every day will be immediately valuable and constructive and productive and bring you immediately to an outcome that you want and that brings satisfaction in the moment, immediately. And this is going to be an approach that you're not going to hear. Uh, maybe you'll hear it to a degree from some psychologists. Maybe you're definitely not going to be hearing this from productivity coaches. And this is not to put them down. I, you know, have productivity follow- coaches that I follow personally and that I I get a lot of constructive input from and that I find very helpful. But that's not where we're going. This isn't a productivity podcast. It's not a psychology podcast. So first of all, if we want to eliminate waste from our lives, let's talk about what waste means. What is what is wasted time, right? And let's say that, and, and why don't we like wasted time? Why does wasted time bother us so much? If we're spending time on something that is not contributing to an outcome that we want to achieve, well, uh, some things that we do are fun. So those are immediately valuable. Let's say that it's a kind of fun that we deem valuable and worthwhile, and it's a, maybe a constructive part of our you know, emotional health or whatever it is, just part of being a normal, healthy person. Things that are fun can be very constructive and worthwhile. So if something's fun, that makes it worthwhile. If something is bringing us towards an outcome that we want, towards a goal, towards something that we want to achieve, towards something that we want to create for ourselves, whatever it is, then if it's bringing us to closer, if it's getting us there, that makes it worthwhile because it's bringing us, we're spending time to come closer to something, an outcome that we want to achieve, an outcome that we want to reach, which makes it worthwhile. But if we're spending time on something that's not bringing us any closer to something that we consider worthwhile, that we consider valuable, right? And sometimes we spend time on something and we think it's bringing us closer. And then after all this time is spent, we realize it didn't bring us closer at all and feel frustrated because we just wasted time. We just spent this time that could have and should have been bringing us closer to the outcome that we wanted. And it wasn't, which means our outcome is now further away than it could and would have been had we spent that time constructively rather than wasting the time. So, you know, wasting time is is frustrating because it delays outcomes that we want. It delays our sense of achievement. It delays the meaning and fulfillment and sense of purpose that we feel when we achieve our goals or or, or reach the things that, that or generate the outcomes that we're trying to, to generate. The actual damage 
the actual reason that we're frustrated when time gets wasted is because let's say the outcome that we're trying to achieve, the goal that we're trying to achieve, the thing that we're trying to make happen is going to bring us maybe a sense of fulfillment or purpose or pleasure or satisfaction or achievement. We're trying to move towards something that's going to give us a feeling or a an experience that we want to experience when we reach that goal. And time wasted stops us from from feeling that or from achieving that, which makes it frustrating because it's delaying this experience that we want to have when we reach that goal. Now, there are going to be as mentioned earlier, some things that are delaying, you know, our achieving goals, etc., that we can avoid and that we can eliminate, but they're going to be some that we can't. Now, if we can't avoid these things that are wasting our time, quote unquote, how can we eliminate waste from our day? And the answer is, if we can introduce the sense of value, achievement, purpose, meaning, that we're waiting to have at the end when we achieve that goal and that outcome, if we can realize how the thing we're doing in the moment that we think is wasting our time is really bringing us a sense of purpose and meaning, making our life meaningful in this moment, even though it doesn't necessarily seem to be the case, and it brings us a sense of purpose, a sense of achievement, a sense of meaning in the moment, then it's not wasted time anymore. It's become time well spent because it has brought us a valuable outcome. And in a sense, it's going to bring us the outcome that we were trying to achieve down the road. It's just that we could actually have it immediately right now anyway, without having to wait for it. So ultimately, what we have to do is reframe the way that we see things. We have to see things, see the bigger picture in a more real and complete way, rather than just looking at things at the surface. And we can redefine what things mean to us and how we experience things so that no time is ever wasted, even if we're spending it on something we don't want to be spending it on, and it's not bringing us to the outcome that we want to be achieving, or maybe we thought it would get there, get us there and it doesn't. So we all, every one of us has a purpose, right? All of us collectively have a collective purpose to make the world a better place, etc., etc., to bring divinity in the world, uplift the world, make the world a brighter and warmer place. And every one of us has an individual purpose within that, a, a unique part and role that we play with our own personality, with our own gifts, with our own circumstances. So Every one of us has a purpose, right? Collectively, we have a broad purpose. And then within that collective purpose, everyone, every one of us has a unique set of talents, of gifts, of circumstances, of experiences, personality, etc. And all of the things that make us who we are come together to determine the unique contribution that each of us has to offer the world, the universe, each other, ourselves. So every one of us has a purpose and there are many layers to purpose. Ultimately, our purpose boils down to making the world a better place. You know, and this includes very simply, it means acts of kindness, being productive, getting things done, making things happen, improving, improving our lived experiences, our own lived experience, the lived experience of people around us. And every time we do a good thing, every time we, we help someone out, we do someone a favor, we do the right thing, we do a mitzvah, we study some Torah, whatever it is, all these things, every time we do it, we introduce purpose and meaning into the universe. We introduce divinity into the universe. We introduce divinity into the world, into ourselves, into our environment, our surroundings. Now, 
where things get interesting and where we need to flip a switch maybe in the way we see things is that it doesn't always work the way that it would seem at first glance or the way that it would seem intuitively, right? We think that when we do, we achieve a, a measurable outcome, we see a difference that we made in the world that makes a difference. And because we made a difference, we introduced divinity into the world. We introduced and we made the world more meaningful and, 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 and introduced purpose into the world, into ourselves. But it's, it's not, our, our ability to introduce purpose and meaning into divinity and to make the world a more godly place, a more divine place, a warmer and brighter place, doesn't just depend on our achieving tangible, measurable outcomes. It depends just on us doing the right thing in the moment. If we are doing the right thing that we are supposed to be doing, that's the right thing to do. And that's the realization of our souls and of our purpose here. And even if we don't see anything positive that comes out of it, and even if afterwards it seems like maybe we could have done something better and it seems like it may have been a waste of time. If at the time it was the right thing to do based on what we knew at the time, we were doing the right thing. And we were introducing divinity into the world. We were making the world a more godly place. We were bringing godliness and divinity into our souls, into our bodies, into our environments, into our surroundings. Because if we were doing the right thing, we were, we were acting upon the guidance, the instruction of the creator as we understood it at that time, we did what we felt we were supposed to be doing. That means by definition, it was the right thing to do, which means that by definition, it was meaningful and it had a purpose and it did bring godliness and divinity into our bodies and into our lives and into our, into our surroundings. So even if we're doing something, we stuck doing something that doesn't seem to be immediately constructive, or sometimes we do something, you know, it reminds me of a story many years ago when I was, uh, it must have been 10, 12 years ago, probably when I was in, in the summertime, I was traveling around the Midwest as a roving rabbi, North Dakota, South Dakota. And I was actually, this wasn't a summer trip. This was a Hanukkah trip also in the Midwest. And we were planning, I was planning public Hanukkah lightings with a friend in different cities. We drove around every day, every night. We did a different city across three different states. We did one in Iowa and South Dakota, North Dakota. And for months, for months before I was working and working around the clock, I, I would sit in front of a computer and with a phone for 10 hours straight day after day trying to figure this out, try to figure out venues and permits and communicate with people and get high profile people to attend, to help bring a crowd, to make, you know, to make the event, events lively and successful and bring a lot of people so more people could come and, and enjoy the experience and benefit from the light of the Hanukkah menorah. And there was this one town where I was working and we almost had a venue and I'd spent probably two days, literally 14 hours over two days trying to get this venue. And we were almost there about to secure the venue and then the whole thing fell through and had to start again. And I remember the frustration I felt at that point that things were getting pushed off and that so much time, 14 hours of time had just been wasted on a dead end. But the moment I stopped and I said, hang on a second, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing this to bring the light of the Hanukkah menorah into the world. I'm doing this to bring the light of the creator into the world, to make the world more divine. Why? Because when I do the thing I'm supposed to do, that brings divinity into the world. 
Well, for the last 14 hours, I was supposed to be working on this venue, even though it didn't work out and it didn't seem to be bringing me closer to my goal. It actually did because now I know that that venue is not happening. And if I hadn't spent the last 14 hours working on this venue, I'd still have to spend another 14 hours on this venue to realize that it's not going to work to get to the next one. So even though it seems like it was a waste of time, it was a part of the process. If I was doing something that I needed to be doing and it was the right thing to do at that time, it was constructive in and of itself that those 14 hours of time I spent on the on the computer online and making phone calls, phone calls. I was making phone calls to 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 lawyers who argued in the in the Supreme Court of the United States. I was making phone calls to the mayor and phone calls to who knows who. And all of that brought me to a dead end. That wasn't wasted time. It was a necessary part of the process, which means I was doing what I needed to be doing. And by doing that, every step of the process is an act of doing the right thing. Every step of being involved and working on the process is an act of bringing divinity into the world, bringing the warmth and light of the creator into my soul, into my body, into my environment. So it wasn't a waste of time. It felt like it until I stopped and thought and reframe the way I I saw it. And all of a sudden I had just spent 14 hours realizing the purpose of my existence. I had spent 14 hours bringing divinity into the world, into the computer that I use, into the phone, into the people I spoke to, etc. Uplifting the world, uplifting people around the country by means of involving them in this process. So the moment we understand that every part of the process, it's an, if it's a necessary part of the process, even if we don't see the purpose in it, but if it was unavoidable and it was a necessity at the time, that means it was a part of the process to get there, which means that every, which means that it was inherently an act of introducing divinity and it had meaning, it did have meaning and it did have purpose. And we were uplifting ourselves and our souls and our bodies and our environments and the universe when we did it. And the moment we see things that way, we actually can, in a very real way, live a life in which there is no time wasted. Because, you know, step number one, remember I mentioned earlier, was actually like finding the things that really are avoidable wastes of time, identifying them and eliminating them. And then the next step is to change the way we see things so that we understand and realize that the things that are unavoidable are not waste. They are at the, in the moment, they are bringing meaning into our lives, bringing purpose into our lives and into all the things around us that are involved in the process. So it's not a waste. And if we can see it that way, we can feel that fulfillment and that deep sense of meaning and purpose and the satisfaction of being involved in something that's constructive and something that's doing the right thing and something that's making a difference in the moment. We don't even have to wait to get to the outcome because it's meaningful and it has purpose immediately in the moment. And all of this comes back to, you know, the reason I'm talking about this this week is because in this week's Torah portion, we have the story of Avraham of, you know, Abraham, the first Jew. And after his circumcision, he was in a lot of pain, understandably. And on the third day, after he'd had a few, you know, a few days to sort of experience the aftermath and to begin his recovery, on the third day, in this week's Torah portion, we're told that God visited Abraham and 
with God's visiting and with the angels who visited also on that same third day that brought Abraham a lot of healing and reduced his pain and, you know, made him feel a lot better. And there's a lot of discussion around the fact that God waited until the third day to visit Avram. He could have visited soon. He could have come right away. Why did he have to wait until the third day? And one of the reasons is that the natural process is an important part of everything we do. God put us here in this world to struggle through the natural process. And sometimes the natural process seems inefficient and it seems like there's a lot of waste. But if that's the way that we need to do it, then there is purpose and meaning in every step of the way. Because clearly the creator could have put us in a world in which we didn't need to go through these processes and we could achieve things just like that. But the creator chose not to. Because that would have wasted opportunities to bring purpose and meaning into the world by means of all of these little steps along the way. And the process leading up to something and the aftermath and the process leading out of something. If every good thing that we do, everything that surrounds it, the process leading up to it, the build up, the preparation, the aftermath, all of that has meaning and purpose as part of this event. And the aftermath and the discomfort that Avram felt after his circumcision was a part of the mitzvah or was part and it, it had meaning and it had purpose. And as uncomfortable as it was, and a lot of times in life, there are things that bring us tremendous meaning that are painful and uncomfortable. And, you know, we don't wish it on ourselves or anyone else, but sometimes that's the way it goes. And by unnaturally taking away Avram's pain, if God had visited Avram on the first or second day and taken away his opportunity it's kind of ironic to use the word opportunity, but would take in away his experience of that pain and discomfort for those two days. He would have taken away Avram's opportunity to bring purpose and meaning into the pain and into those moments in time in the natural aftermath of this mitzvah, the natural aftermath of fulfilling this directive of the creator and entering into this covenant. And that's why Hashem, that's why God waited until the third day to visit, to allow Avram the opportunity to, to really introduce the full measure of purpose and meaning into his experience. Because the aftermath, just like the preparation, also has its own purpose and meaning if it's a part of the process. You know, and, and really... I, I think that this, this to me, this really, really changes things because if we can appreciate the value and the purpose of the fact that we can introduce divinity into the world, we can make the world a warmer and brighter and more godly place through a myriad of different activities as long as they're, if they're part of the process towards something that we're supposed to be working on, it actually really, it broadens and multiplies our opportunities to bring purpose and meaning into the world by a factor of who knows what, right? How much of our time do we actually spend on doing things that we see the immediate value in? And how much of the time do we spend preparing and setting things up and packing things up and cleaning up afterwards? You know, the vast majority of our time is spent in the preparation and the aftermath. If we can realize that that value is also equal value and immediate purpose and meaning in the lead up and the aftermath, all of a sudden, 
every moment of our life can be immediately satisfying and rewarding and can give us that sense of purpose and meaning and the deep fulfillment and satisfaction that comes with it. And, you know, that's a really... It's a really important shift in the way we look at things because it changes. It can really, honestly, it can give us the ability, simply put, it gives us the ability to feel deeply fulfilled and with a deep sense of meaning and purpose every waking second of the day. And even if we're involved in things that seem mundane and that we'd rather not have to do and we don't see the connection to purpose and meaning... The purpose and meaning is there and we can see it immediately and understand that if it's part of the process, it has purpose. If it's part of the process, we're introducing divinity into ourselves and our environments as we do it. And it really does honestly give us the ability to live a life without a second of wasted time ever. This has been the Bites of Judaism podcast. If it hit the spot, please leave a five-star rating and a review. It really does make a difference. And tell your friends about it. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms at rabbiglick.link slash podcast. If you'd like to dedicate a future episode of the podcast, you can send an email to podcast at rabbiglick.com. See you next week.